Hi, it's us. I'm Abby, and I'm here with Alan. Hello. Hey, Alan, do you know what we're going to talk about today? Nope. Racism. Oh. So we've been busy. We've been trying to stay busy in quarantine, and so we've recorded a bunch of episodes, um, but they you know, were recorded before recent events, and so before we put out an episode that had been recorded a while ago, we thought it was only right to sort of address what was going on right now. This is a moment in history, and we know that it's not enough to just not be racist, right? We've seen that it's not enough. We need to all be actively anti-racist. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking specifically to my white listeners, to our white listeners when I say these things. So what does being anti-racist mean? It means a few things. So first of all, it means if you can, and not everybody can, but it means donating, if you can, to black organizations, black nonprofits, but also black individuals. And, you know, that's honestly like the best and quickest way to get money directly to people who need it. So there's a lot of threads on Instagram, on Twitter, on different, you know, types of social media where black folks who need funds can, you know, put in their their Venmo or PayPal or Cash App handles and you can send them, you know, send them a dollar, send them five dollars, send them ten dollars, what like send them a hundred dollars, whatever you're able to do that really, really goes a long way when you're giving money to somebody directly. It also means educating yourself. So books, podcasts, movies, articles, there are so many resources to help you find out where to start. And we're, you know, going to definitely add some stuff in the description below. I'm currently reading a book called White Rage by Carol Anderson, if anybody's interested in a suggestion on where to start. Um, And I'm also going to sit down with my family soon, as soon as, you know, quarantine allows or maybe on Netflix party and watch a documentary called 13th, which is available on Netflix. So those are just two things that um, to kick you off. But there's literally hundreds of movies or books or podcasts or articles or, you know, anything that you can read. And the responsibility really is on us to educate ourselves. It sounds like you're being both reactive and proactive. That's right on. Yeah. If somebody says something and you don't understand what it means, then look it up. If there's a law people are talking about, it's actually really easy. I've never been someone who, you know, knew anything about like local laws or really even local politics, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. But through this, I felt obviously very driven to, and it's really easy to access that information and to understand it. And it's some of these things are really, really appalling. So, you know, if, if stuff comes up on social media, I would take the one second or two seconds or five minutes to look into what it means. Um, because I think a lot of the time you'd be pretty surprised. Some of it is definitely appalling and some of it's very uplifting. There's a lot of stuff out there that's currently in the works. People are putting out legislation that can really change for the better. And it's really important to stay informed to make sure those things go through. Exactly. I think it's like signing the petitions, even writing to your, you know, it's so easy to write into local politicians. And a lot of times there's you know, pre-written templates for you. So doing those things goes a really, really long way when you're flooding, you know, a politician's inbox with these messages, they have to pay attention to it. So you may think, oh, it's one signature, it's one email, but being part of that is really, really important. And when you get a personalized message back back from from that (laughs) politician that explains why they can or cannot do this thing. Yeah. Um, Again, it just, it helps you stay very informed of the situation. Right. Yeah. Like never before my whole life have I written in, even to police stations I've been doing. And it's, it really also, yeah, makes you feel like you're part of, you know, this country in a way that I've never felt like I needed to be before because of my privilege, you know? Also, it means protesting if you can. Alan and I, you know, I know it's COVID right now. And so it's not for everybody. 
We've gone to a few very respectful, social, distant, you know, protests. Even my dad on his own violation has gone to one where he lives. And so I think, again, it's not for everybody. You have to stay safe um, if you're worried about getting sick. But, you know, going out there is also a really good way to show support if you can't, you know, donate or do other things. And for all you protesters, please get tested before you protest. Mm -hmm. And after. And just, you know, be aware of that we're also in a pandemic. And I know that Black Lives Matter is more important. And I agree that it is. But but yeah, if you're healthy, get out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the most important pieces of this work is talking to people. So talking to your white friends, to your white relatives, even to strangers, even to strangers online, you know, calling out racism when you see it pointing them to resources, having these conversations, the real, that's the real work here. And it's also having these conversations with ourselves, you know, like dismantling the systems within ourselves that we have as white people been, we've, it's been our privilege. We've, even if we're not actively racist, we're still benefiting from these systems. And so you need to really break that down internally. And let me tell you, there are phases to anti-racism, especially internally, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel shameful. You're going to feel angry and sad. Um, and you're going to work through it. And it's all these, you know, circles of emotion. But you have to keep pushing and going forward because eventually you'll get to the other side. And, you know, kind of similarly, like we can't give up on this as soon as it's not part of the news cycle anymore. You know, this isn't a movement that's going to last a few weeks in order for anything to actually happen. This needs to be something that we're always aware of, that we're always thinking about in a way that we've never, ever had to do before. And so this is the time, like this is the moment in history, you know, and I, one of my favorite like protest signs that I've seen is like, you know, what side of history do you want to be on? Like, how do you want to be remembered when you talk to your kids about this someday? Like, what do you want to tell them that you did in this moment? You know, and I think that's like an important reminder right now. As Professor Dumbledore once said, it's hard to stand up for what's right, but it's even harder to stand up to your friends. That's right. So those of us with privilege, if you see these little tidbits of racism in everyday life, it's your responsibility to call them out because half the time people aren't even aware. Exactly. Yeah. And also we can talk about JK Rowling and her transphobia a different day. A different day. Also, just a reminder, please don't ask your black friends or family how to help. It is not their job to educate you or to tell you what to do. If you do gain knowledge from black influencers or educators on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, like pay them. They have Venmo or PayPal handles handy. Um, and, you, you know, they're always listed. They're always public because this is a job. It's very traumatizing, exhausting work, especially for them to do. And so, you know. Make sure that you're compensating people when you can, if you can. Um, Two people that I suggest following on Instagram are for this kind of very specific um, work is I Heart Erica, I-H-A-R-T-E-R-I-C-K-A, and Rachel Cargill, that's R-A-C-H-E-L dot C-A-R-G-L-E. And I just want to, you know, very vulnerably, like, you will mess up during this. I have messed up during this. Nobody's perfect. We are learning, but you can't let that stop you from you can't get frustrated and let that stop you from continuing to learn and push and push the people around you because it's a privilege that we get to learn about this and we don't have to experience this every single day of our lives taking a big long look at yourself is a painful process yeah 
no two ways about it, but that's also how we grow as humans. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you want to talk about anything, if you know, you don't feel like you have a safe space or you're not sure where to start, you can always email us. And I know, you know, maybe we're not the closest people in your life, but you can, you really can. And we'll definitely, we'll definitely engage with you and talk to you about it. Um, we really are available. Having these tough conversations is hard. You know, we've been having them with ourselves, with other people in our life. And so happy to kind of talk through strategy or, or whatever you need. So films about lunatics at gmail.com is the best way to probably reach us or on Instagram. Um, and yeah, we're going to keep posting resources on Instagram. And in the description of these episodes, we're going to try to do our part to make this information available to pass along stuff that we're learning from. So, you know, we love you guys all very much. I know this is a really un not to be that stupid politician, but it's a really unprecedented time um, in many ways, you know. And so we're all kind of here together. We're here with you guys. Stay strong. And I don't know. Should we talk about something spooky now? Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Forever Spooky Lunatics Radio Hour. I'm Abby Branker, and I'm here with Alan Kudan. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Keep up the good work, and you can keep getting invited back. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So today, Alan. Yes. Our topic of discussion. Yes. The New Jersey Devil. The New Jersey Devil. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Do you know a lot about the New Jersey Devil? I know nothing about um, the New Jersey Devil. Really? I know it's like the Chupacabra. Well, it's like a a winged... It's a winged? Yeah. It's, oh, it's kind like of, a dog. Well, kind of, but it's winged and like man-sized and flies off into the night. It's man-sized? Yeah. I thought it steals chickens. Well, yeah. I mean, men can steal chickens. Men can steal chickens. Yeah. That's fact. All right. Do you want to learn? You're going to walk away from this an expert in the New Jersey Devil. We're going in with nothing. We're walking away with everything. Here we go. It's actually an interesting history. Okay. So buckle up. The Pine Barrens are a densely wooded area stretching across 1.1 million acres in New Jersey. Though it sits between New York City and Philadelphia, it remains mostly undeveloped. Have you ever been to the Pine Barrens? I have. Oh, really? Yep. For a shoot? Yep. Tell us about it. I've not been there, so I would love your firsthand experience here. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This area was home to a camp called Forgotten Realms, mm -hmm. which might sound familiar because that's the same world that Dungeons and Dragons takes place in. Okay. The most popular version of Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. But this was a camp. and Like for kids? Sorta. Uh huh. It was for LARPing. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, that's live action role playing. So I was part of a documentary crew filming these people on their LARPing adventure. In the Pine Barrens. In the Pine Barrens. Well, it's pretty renaissance y, I guess. Yeah. A strange tidbit about the Pine Barrens that I'm surprised you don't know, Alan. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do. Is that it's a forest of pine trees that have grown on top of a sandy, acidic soil, which is a bit of an anomaly. Already setting the mood for a strange legend. 
Now, there is no way to have a massive stretch of forest without some mischievous creature causing a little chaos. Enter the Jersey Devil, also known as the Leeds Devil. Leeds? L-E-E-D-S. Okay. The devil has been described as a flying and hooved creature with large wings and perhaps the head of a goat, man, or horse, depending on the legend. Okay. If we go all the way back to the source of this folklore, we land on the doorstep of Mother Leeds. The legend says that poor Deborah Leeds found out she was pregnant with her 13th child and exclaimed, This child will be the devil. This child will be the devil. This child will be the devil. There you go. That's her, that's her voice. Yep. I mean, it's my personal opinion that that was not an overreaction. No, it's a 13th child. Yeah. And can you imagine having a 13th child all the way back in 1735? Yeah, just the college tuition alone is going to bankrupt you. <laughs> and there's probably not much support for large families or struggling mothers or any of that kind of thing. None. So it is said that the baby was born on a stormy night, of course, and the child quickly turned into a winged, growling, demon-like creature. Oh. Kind of like a Rosemary's Baby situation. Okay. Have you seen that movie? I have seen that movie. That's good. Twice. See, here's... I'm just going to do a quick little sidebar about Rosemary's Baby. Okay. I'm glad that you've already seen it. Yes. Because I've already seen it. Mm-hmm. But no, we cannot watch it again. Why? Because Roman Polanski is a child rapist. Maybe he's the New Jersey Devil. Maybe. I don't think he's even worthy of of that. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad that we've seen it and mm-hmm. we can we can think about it, but we don't need to watch it again. Got it. Okay. Packed. Blood packed. There are many theories about this origin story. One in particular points to the political and religious climate at the time. It is important to note that a member of the Leeds family, Daniel Leeds, was running in a local political race against none other than Benjamin Franklin. What? Uh-huh. Benjamin Franklin is associated with the New Jersey Devil? Fuck yeah. The plot thickens. Mm, sure does. Some speculate that Daniel Leeds was simply being referred to as the Leeds Devil in the political race, like as political slander. Classic Franklin move right there. <laughs> Which is what sparked the story, like the backstory that people made up to go with it. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of boring and not nearly paranormal enough for us, right, Alan? I mean, no. No. Not with Franklin involved. That's right. There are many groups that hunt for the New Jersey Devil. You can find tons of videos documenting this. If you search on YouTube, let me tell you, people really, truly believe. And I even like I should have asked her before this, but... I have a friend whose ex-boyfriend was from New Jersey, and no I remember <laughs> I remember when we were in college, like, she was talking about how she went there, and they were so into it, and they, like, really believed in it. So it's, and they could have been, like, you know, college kids playing with her, but I always think about that, and it's, you know, it's, it's fun to, like, have local legends that you really believe in. On one of our LARPing shoots... Uh-huh. And I, I, I really want to clarify this. Yeah. So I was just part of the crew filming a documentary on LARPing. Right. You play D&D actively, but God forbid you're a LARPer. That's where you draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Right. Okay. Now, I did have to dress up in a costume because, you know, you're you're out there. They're paying for an experience and they don't want it ruined by, you know, people walking around with cameras. But you're holding a boom pole and you're dressed up as what? A wizard? A Viking. Do you have photos? Perhaps. But we were introduced as travelers from the future. That's you know, it's all, right. it all makes sense. Right. Which is why I was a Viking. Um, but on one of our excursions out there, yeah. 
there was uh, some tower or something that was supposed to be some haunted site that was associated with New Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so we went to it. Oh, oh, so you do have things to say about this. We went to it and I did not see the New Jersey Devil. But what did you see? It was like an abandoned tower. Have you seen Marble Hornets? What's that? This is a total tangent, but Marble Hornets is a YouTube series. Mm -hmm. I hope it's still online. And it was done by like these kids, but it's really, really creepy. And me, the same friend who, um, whose ex I was just referring to, actually, her and I were watching it remotely with each other. Mm -hmm. And every episode gets scarier. And it's like, it's Slenderman. Oh, Slenderman. Yeah. So it's actually kind of freaky. And it's like... Where's Slenderman from? It's like a Reddit thing. What part of the country? It's a Reddit. Like, it's, I don't think he's... Oh, it's just... Localized. It. Yeah. It, like, was a creepypasta. But Marble Hornets is actually, for its production value, it's kind of like a Blair Witch in that it works because it's supposed to be, like, these kids filming this thing. And, you know, right. and it's it's got its moments where it's cheesy. And I haven't seen it probably in five or ten years, but... It really, really freaked me out when I was watching it. Okay. Probably five years. So if it's still there, it'll be fun to rewatch it again. But anyway, I'm going on and on about this because there's like a tower in the woods and it's like a recurring theme in Marble Hornets. And when you said that, it made me think of that. Yeah. I mean, towers in the woods are spooky. Yeah. And I'm just, I guess, like firing off anything my brain associates and saying it out loud to you. That's what I do on every one of these episodes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's spooky. So it's on theme and you guys should check it out. Yeah. Check out the woods. No, check out Marble Hornets. Stay out of the woods unless you have research to conduct. <laughs> unless you have food and friends with you. Okay. So from my research, I have not seen any convincing photos or videos of this creature but the sheer belief that people have in New Jersey who are hunting for it, which again, if you look on YouTube for these videos of people, you will find people who are very, very much believe that that this is real. So it's fun to think about the local kids who sneak into the woods to see the alleged house where the New Jersey devil was born and stare at it from a distance. What? Did, did you do that when you were a kid? No. We had a haunted house, well, like a, in air quotes, uh -huh. that... You could walk. So I lived in a development, but if you walked behind like my friend's house through the woods outside of the development, essentially, mm -hmm. you just came across this house that was like, it was like almost like a red barn vibe. And it was in the middle though of, um, this clearing of land that was probably like 10 acres or something. And it was just like in the middle. And so it was kind of creepy when you looked at it, like from the woods. Mm -hmm. So me and my friends would literally like, we would go back there after school almost every day and just stare at the house because we thought that it was like haunted. We didn't have a haunted house. Yeah. We just had the house with the crazy old man. Ooh, what was that? Well, in his yard, he had some like, you know, spooky paraphernalia. Like what? Like crystal ball ritual circle. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, like, the only thing that brought this guy's, like, existence to our attention was because my friend's cat snuck into it, like, would sneak into his yard. Yeah. And one day he just shot the cat. Oh, jeez. That's really messed up. I mean, yeah, he's a crazy old man. Yeah. It's okay. He was in your neighborhood? Uh, my friend's neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. It's okay. We stole his fence. Well, that seems risky, cons considering he just shot a cat. Mm -hmm. 
glad that you're still here today to talk about it. I also think that there is much actual evidence to link the specific house that people think the New Jersey devil is born at, which is like a specific house, Mm -hmm. to the birth of the 13th Leeds child, which is like a documented thing. But all in all, I'm not closing the book on this tale. But, you know, as we've discussed many, many times, I choose to believe in all of these things until proven otherwise, because it's a more fun way to live. Sure. A lot of motorcycles out today. A lot of motorcycles. Forgive any background noise. If you just look at the date, it makes sense. Why? This is prime Jersey Devil hunting time. Everyone's going out. During quarantine? I mean, yeah, you're going to the woods. You're going to be by yourself. Right. All right. Or at least six feet away from other Jersey Devil hunters. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a cool... And there's actually a lot of movies about the jersey devil like um like fiction movies i haven't seen any but i was looking at a bunch and it would be fun to add some to our watch list we're going to watch one and get back to you about that yeah we'll get back to you about all kinds of things if you want any recommendations for jersey devil movies just check out the link below yeah or just google jersey devil movies and watch one Mm -hmm. and then tell us which ones you like and we'll put it in the link below yeah the link below it's a funny bit that Alan keeps mentioning, but people probably are looking below for information that's not there. You you said you can put links. But what 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 is it linking to? A you know, list? The, no, the, the information that is needed. It's linking to some kind of website that I have where I'm publishing lists of movies for people to watch? Perhaps. <laughs> oh, okay. So I would love to find the Jersey Devil once mm-hmm. and for all. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend? I would recommend renting a car, Mm -hmm. packing a bag, going to Jersey, Mm -hmm. finding the address for this house where everyone believes it was born, which I think is probably, I think I even found it on Google Maps. Does it look spooky? It looks like an old colonial house. Okay. You hike up to it. Yeah. You bring all your candles and your ritual materials Mm -hmm. and you wait. Don't burn down the forest, though. So it's like an evil child that transformed into this monster. Right. So it's kind of like Rosemary's Baby. Right. What year was it? That it... 1735, I think. So it's old. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, or it's it's like Spawning. the offspring. Yeah. Wow. So it found Mrs. Jersey Devil. Maybe. Or maybe it can. Or it just mates with Miss New Jersey. Right. Which is what Rosemary's baby devil does yeah that's true and gets even stronger right that's pretty badass Mm -hmm. all right so um i was wrong it has nothing to do with the chupacabra right sorry um we forgive you for any jersey devil enthusiasts he's not famous for stealing chickens if you have a new jersey devil encounter story send it our way we'd yeah. love to we'd love to have more to say about this um you can click the link below and upload it upload it to the portal right you can just email it to films about lunatics at gmail.com we're very accessible oh yeah okay well thank you guys again for joining us hope that you are staying safe and healthy and happy and all of those wonderful things Feel free to email us at films about lunatics at gmail.com follow us on instagram at the lunatics project Find our short films on YouTube at Films About Lunatics. We also have a Patreon if you want more spooky content like this. 
And we have an Etsy page at Films Not Lunatics where we sell creepy magazines, we sell stickers, we sell all kinds of fun things for you. So find us in all the places. We really, really appreciate anybody who can subscribe and rate and review the podcast. It really, really helps us. So yeah, that's all I have to say. And in the meantime, do just as the New Jersey Devil and other mythical beasts do and Uh practice social distancing. Demonic distancing. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep, and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.